Welcome to Probing Gaia, where Steve and Joey are bending over, opening their third eye, and allowing the light of the Gaia Network's consciousness-based content to fill them completely, changing them from the inside out and flowing onto you. Today, we are probing into mystery teachings, accessing the quantum gap with Dr. Teresa Bullard. Which is Dark gap, though. <laughs> Oh, yes. Her cat oh, yes. so small. It's quantized. I feel like there was another gap joke I had and I forgot. Uh, Banana Republic. Yes. <laughs> old Navy. I was Old Navy. Yeah. <laughs> that Old Navy is uh, part of that whole trifecta. <laughs> the yeah. whole trifecta. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, and that they're like still around. Asshole, all three holes. <laughs> well, it's probably. Um, I think we said the. Uh, I think it was Old Navy was the first commercials with like that older blonde lady. Yes, uh, Morgan Fairchild. Right, right, yes. right, right. Yes. Early views. Welcome to Twitch.tv slash Probing Ancient Aliens. Early milf probing there. <laughs> you say early milf probing there? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> I wish. Uh, yeah, welcome to Probing Gaia, a subsidiary of Probing Ancient Aliens. We are streaming live on twitch.tv slash Probing Ancient Aliens, where you can chat with us every Monday, every other Monday night, I should say. I should change that in the copy here. Every other Monday night around 7 p.m. Pacific time. It's about 7.30 right now for Steve and I. For No, for me and Steve, because you always take out the second person when you do the grammar check. Because I wouldn't say it's 7.30 for I. Unless right. that's the popish <laughs> British gentleman from the Victorian era or something. Correct. Uh, Why that is not. Yeah. <laughs> to be or not to be, for I that is not. Is not the eye of the blue knot. <laughs> <laughs> ah, he knows the ancient rule of the three holes. <laughs> the bush. The whole B3. And the asshole. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, you can support the show over at patreon.com slash probing ancient aliens. We have two exclusive podcasts every single month for only the $5 tier or higher. We just put up adventurist ghosts, our ghost adventures podcast where we covered, uh, the season six episode investigation of the Lizzie Borden house. And well, and, and good news. We were not bored in that episode. It was a pretty good episode, actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was actually uh, a lot going on. Again, a little bit of everything. You got the goofs. You got yes. the spooks. You got the the talking and whatnot. So our our episode and that episode of Ghost Avengers would be a good spooky season listen and watch because they do a lot of really gross uh, reenactments in there, like very violent reenactments, and then mm. also have the actual crime scene photos. Which was cool. I mean, we talked right, about right, it on right. stuff, but like cool to have it was in the late eighteen hundreds, so it was just at that time where like cameras were becoming a tech a, a kind of a uh what do you call that? Uh, all spread out everywhere. A uh big load, a um God, I can't think of the fucking word where it's like normalized ever. Anyway, you know right. what I mean. Um when cameras were around and useful enough that you could, uh, you know, help the police or whatever commonplace right. that is a synonym for what I'm thinking of, but it's not a communal word. Uh, no, that's what my mouth is called on Saturday nights at the baseball stadium. Yeah. Uh, in the back of my throat <laughs> like on the tip of my tongue. Is trying, anyway, it'll, it'll come to me. Uh, just like, so wait, what are you trying to say? 
I'm trying to say that the cameras are were had become uh, had become stuck to the lenses. So yeah, lick it off. But that's what that yellow stuff is on your car. If you've noticed, I always thought it was like bird poop kind of in the air, but it's actually like bee pollen shit that has like dropped out. And which I'm always shocked how much there is all over my car. It's gross, but yeah. uh, ubiquitous that's the term i was thinking of ubic yeah, I, I should have thought of philip hiddick's character ubic and perfect segue to our there next it is plug here ubic one of the four members of the god hand and yes readily available is it yeah. four or five uh well <laughs> well okay yeah. come on come at on. the moment four original members right 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 uh, when they get their new you know i'm i'm yeah i'm pre-corporate buyout fifth yeah. member edition uh god hand kind of stuff you know five fingers the rule of fist god hand they needed the fifth one but you know the thumb is kind of a finger but also arguably not so <laughs> uh but yeah you can listen to our other podcast no guts no glory the berserk podcast where we cover kentaro Mira's magnum opus and now posthumous um long running and comic, his old Japanese puss. comic book series uh, she says old puss. Yeah. Because <laughs> the grand opus. <laughs> uh, Japanese comic series Berserk. We're reading it uh, a few chapters at a time. We're covering it. It's a lot of the same funs and grosses and, and uh, you know. A lot of good pre-show banter anyway. If you don't really want to read the book, you can still right. enjoy us weekly for about 40 minutes to an hour per, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> per uh, that's how you do productions, uh, standard show runs. Yeah. <laughs> production uh yeah steve's right we have uh it, you can see kind of a another side of us as we're really talking about something that is purely subjective because it's a piece of art we're looking at it with critical lenses uh a lot of the same humor and you know stuff that you're used to from us but uh instead of talking about like existential stuff <laughs> like we do on these <laughs> shows how deep we get yes we get very deep with uh, psychological stuff with art, art type stuff, uh, theme, you know, themes and things like that, motifs, uh, all sorts, you know, character stuff, looking at things through different lenses, a lot of queer theory on that podcast, but, uh, which is funny. Cause I mean, kind of, but <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, kind legit, of. a lot of, you know, queer theory stuff, but, um, <laughs> <laughs> No queer theory. That was your body just like yeah. forcing a no homo out, basically. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, no. Just uh, <laughs> burping up some old cum. <laughs> Getting all worked up. Got to clear the, for the fresh load. Yeah. Uh, oh, you can come to the baseball stadium with me on. Oh, uh, yeah. Literally. <laughs> uh, some of the. You can grain slam my throat until you finish. Steve, stop trying to just make me laugh. I would yeah, like to okay. talk about mystery teaching, ask, accessing the quantum game. You guys are not famous enough to just joke around and have people actually care. Right. None of this generalist humor, okay? <laughs> um, don't even know what that fucking means. Yeah. I don't think he military? Knows. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think he knows what, like, improvising and riffing is. Right, like, right. But, uh, no, we've gotten... We've gotten some the same exact kind of negative feedback that we've got on our probing shows uh, on No Guts, No Glory. The people that love it really love it, which is great. And the people that don't are very bothered that we don't just jump into uh, Berserk stuff the second that it starts. Or if we're talking about anything other than Berserk related news and and goings on. Exactly. It's like, yeah. So because you're even talking about other animes and games like. Yes. Things that clearly anyone who's read Berserk should most any I have a chunk of friends who have uh, from the Cape and Cal area and 
yeah, they all play games. They all read multiple mangas, watch multiple animes, you know, all the stuff. Right. People that are into interests, they never only have that one interest. Like, it's very rare that someone that is, like, into a manga or an anime does not give a single one the other chance, does not give anything that's literally not even just related, but, like, interrelated. Like, the Japanese RPG genre, you know, that's grown from, you know, originally Final Fantasy and Dragon Quest back in the day, and those are still around, but, like, has just spawned, like, but those were heavily influenced. I mean, you could argue they were exclusively influenced by manga and anime of the time. That's, that is the cultural, like, Japanese set of art styles, right? And so, yeah. uh, to say there's no crossover or anything, it's just, like, insane. But, um, and of course, there's the vibe, just like with the, the ancient astronaut theorist freaks that listen to our show or tried to listen to our show. They yeah. don't take it seriously enough. They're just, it's like, if 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 you guys were into the real uh deeper layer of people that were into the paranormal or all this kind of stuff they all say the same thing they're like you can't just be into this all right, the time right. or it I mean that's with anything in life if you just do one thing and obsess you're going to a burn out and mm-hmm. b yeah get into a bad place of just no friends no one likes you you're like right <laughs> too attached and again usually those people then burn out and then reject or hate or just never look at the thing they're obsessed with again it's just not not a healthy thing and and those people that you're describing they then go on the internet and become insufferable in their negativity and anger and all that stuff too you know and, yeah, so, and they facebook live their own death yeah. <laughs> i'm doxing myself but it yeah. doesn't matter <laughs> my address is yeah. Yeah. three two eight <laughs> That was a weird uh, countdown. Yeah, this was just my hand, not a gun. <laughs> <laughs> they know where I'm at. They're coming. And then just, yeah, people bust through the windows and <laughs> then shoot them. And <laughs> it's the guys from the baseball stadium frustrated. Yeah. Because you and I didn't swallow enough. So. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Grand slam my ass. Uh, hey. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that was more of a joke. It was my mouth. Come on. <laughs> Suicide by cop sounds like it should be a either like a hardcore rap album or like a metal right. band or something. Like right, that. right, right, right. <laughs> Go to the new SBC show, bro. <laughs> yeah, it was wild. Uh, <laughs> they shot super problem. soakers. Right. <laughs> uh, anyway, but yeah, listen to No Guts, No Glory. Uh, if you don't like anime, anime and manga, then yeah, like Steve said, it's still us talking for the first half of the show or so and and yeah. uh, doing some banter uh our buddy ryan we have a third co-host over there who's from my martial arts group a little menage action but, uh yeah he's uh he's a younger man he is uh he's like on the again on the sliding scale of kind of weebiness or whatever anime fan manga fan he's a little more on the the extreme side but he's not extreme at all like he has a pretty balanced right side, but despite being into it and then I'm I'm a little less than him. And then for Steve, it's not that he's not weeby. He just has he hadn't he hasn't focused on anime or manga for a right. long time, and he had never read any Berserk before. So it's his correct. So, um, and P- you're right, P. Matthews. He says if he's old enough uh, to pee, he's old enough for me. Yeah. <laughs> so maybe one day old, I guess. P. Matthews. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, let let's say um, control their pee at least. You know, there you when. Go. <laughs> So like, you know, five, six, maybe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now <laughs> you could be too there. old to where you can't control it and you're incontinent. And then that's true. Now you're back in the safe zone. <laughs> <laughs> it's 
safe from me. Yeah. <laughs> till you're not. Uh, head over to Black Hole Supply Company, as Steve was mentioning before. That that uh, little shopping shop that Steve runs sits right in the heart of Cape and Cal Collectibles. And by the heart, I mean a corner of the store, not yeah, the front store. left window. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but uh, uh, Cape and Cal Collectibles is a collectible shop that uh, Steve is still a partner of with his friend over there that's running it day to day. But he has a shopping shop for Black Hole Supply Company uh, with probing ancient aliens merchandise, disc golf disc, disc golf apparel. We even had a fan from Australia come all the way yeah. out there. Um, he was in the area and drove to beautiful Fountain Valley, California. He went to 9525 Garfield Avenue. Are all the streets named after comic book cats? <laughs> That's weird. Bond. Uh, Bonza. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> are you not allowed to drive down this street on Mondays? <laughs> oh, <laughs> stupid. <laughs> and well, it's just get, lined with Italian shops. <laughs> well, I get lasagna in me yeah. tires. <laughs> That's bad for the treads, I hear. Uh, <laughs> yeah, old fucking lasagna tires yeah. out there. He's not even Australian. <laughs> <laughs> He's just some guy wandering around. Yeah. Uh, head over to 9525 Garfield Avenue, Suite C2, Fountain Valley, California, 92708. Night Beacon Lights is here. Yo, indeed to you. Oh, there we go. From the the most haunted island in Southern California, Catalina Island. Catalina. (laughs) Indigenous uh, Aloha natives. (laughs) Whatever. Uh, No, Night Beacon Lights. I'm not moving. This um, book, these shelves that you see behind me, if I could pull the camera out even further, you would see that I have custom built uh, floor to ceiling uh, bookshelves in uh, my and my wife's office, and the project is still ongoing. So, oh, I was putting some um, caulking and touch up paint up there, yeah, a little bit before we started recording. So, uh, and pretty soon there's going to be, uh, well, there'll be space for it, but we're going to have a a rolling ladder, just like in Beauty and the Beast or Old England days, where they had rolling ladders attached to it, so to get all the way up there and access all the books. <laughs> P. Matthews is just hanging around like Robin Williams. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Robin Breaking Williams. Breaking out daughter, to books. Zelda, named for Princess Zelda, Legend of Zelda. She was in the news the past couple of days because they were attempting or talking. Someone was talking about attempting to use Robin Williams' voice and, and um, integrate it as an AI into some sort of ad or something like that. And she was basically going on record saying that that's disgusting and I'm going to stop you. Yeah, from not what that. he would want. Exactly. Yeah. So. Um, we have a little segment here called reaching for the stars where we ask you little pearl astronauts out there to give us five star ratings on your podcast service of choice or, you know, whatever, whatever it is on Spotify, uh, answer the cast backs. Cues, I feel like right? slowed down, but uh, yeah, it did. It has not uh, come through for a while, but, uh, but we've also been, uh, posting this show, uh, more inconsistently than I would like, but it's mostly been my doing. So, um, maybe that's, hey. uh, I don't know. Algorithm. All I know is I'm on my third battle Pellegrino today. So. <laughs> it's $9 worth of soda water. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, we don't have any five-star reviews because if you give us a five-star rating and give us a review in that rating, we will read it on the air and give you a shout out. But the most recent review we got was a one-star review uh, who was also complaining that we don't get to the ancient aliens content fast right. enough. So, um, Oh, speaking of a show that, uh, in inspired the whole kind of um 
one of the many shows that inspired, you know, hey, let's have some, let's warm up in the first half of the show or the first third of the show with some banter, talk about stuff. Oh, yeah. Some related stuff, but tangents are totally fair game too. Uh, the Doughboys, right? The the fat, very big fast food podcast. But uh, once a once or twice a year, I always look up my name in a Google search and just see what's going on. Uh, my online presence, kind of thing. Mm. I did that today, and I came. My name, first and last name, comes up on the Doughboys Wikia page mm. from an episode in 2017, and I forgot that I ever sent in a question to the feedback the, to their their Q. Uh, okay, yeah. But this Wikia. Uh, entry is gnarly. It's literally like every segment of the show, like like all the feedback questions, feedback questions, and their answers, kind of paraphrased. Did you know they answered your feedback question? I can't remember them ever reading it on the air. Huh. I feel uh, like we would have listened to that episode or something. <laughs> like I don't remember that being a thing. So. I know, and because uh, all I asked was, "Hey, what's your?" Because it was you know earlier in the podcast they've been around only like yeah. a year or something, and I was like, "Hey, what are your?" Uh, what are your general non podcast meals, right? How do you guys generally eat? It was to you song and Jen uh, mm-hmm. Weiger. So, um, but yeah, it was just funny to see my name. <laughs> yeah. In this, uh, episode specific wiki too. So if that's episode specific, we, it should say what episode so we can actually find yeah, it. Yeah, right? for sure. yeah. Yeah. Um, but, uh, uh, Oh, P Matthew says, uh, in the twitch.tv slash probing it's aliens chat, he said the sofa King podcast, which I didn't know. <laughs> Podcast also talks and jokes at the start of someone uh, coined it the unfunny 20 with their one star review. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that is funny. Um, but uh, yeah, it's just it, again, we say it all the time, but it's so funny that the people that are listening to podcasts that didn't grow up with talk radio and the people that did. So, yeah, because um, I feel like a lot of the people that are have been longer term fans, they're like, oh, yeah, I used to listen to opie and anthony or howard stern or just local right, forever right. talk radio like when they were a kid you know it's just so prevalent so um but then it's also cool that you know younger people who didn't have any of that shit like the like the show too so yeah um news no. is a, a segment where we talk about the news and <laughs> industry brews and how you do's <laughs> for the news uh, uh, i think it's just more uap government stuff yeah, never seen um, it. There's that Tom DeLong movie coming out apparently that I sent oh, you, Bo Bandy. Yeah, yeah. Which yeah. I have no idea what that. That was just like concept art for something he's working on or yeah. Inspirato, but it's like a high strangest movie because it's like Bigfoot, aliens, ghosts. Yeah. <laughs> skateboarding in California. Yes. Uh, this could be for how you do and stuff, how you do enjoy, but you, you and Ryan Sprague highly recommend the. Um, that show with the four episodes of the, the UFO. Oh yeah. That was really Counters, good. Yeah. Is that what it's called on Netflix? Yeah. I don't know if I finished it. We definitely got through two, maybe three episodes, but it's all, um, which I guess we should just do for probably Patreon. Um, they're like hour long episodes, but they're all about different events and things that happen. So like, and the they're first all like one firm. None of them have ever been, um, hoaxed like the uh, like the like i mean nothing's been confirmed as a hoax so this the second one is a little tricky because it's that incident where all the kids in africa on the playground saw an alien land yeah yeah but they do you know interview and there's a guy who's like i just feel sorry for all of them because i'm the one who said hey that's a shiny rock Mm -hmm. and that's aliens and then they all believe me bro and i just said oh my god i you know these people aren't dumb but 
they're they're wrong. They're all making it up. It's all made up because I made it up, and and you know, I just feel bad. <laughs> and that's all. And he just, you know, he's talking quite a bit in it. Interesting. And then it you know shows the interviews with the adult that was around. What's that? Was he one of the kids? He or was a kid. Yeah. Got it. Okay. So this is all. They're like basically our age is kind of the vibe I got. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I have watched a whole special. Um, I think I th- it was in the midst of when we were recording. I don't know if we ever covered it, but yeah. Um, or maybe very early for Patreon or something like that. But yeah, there was some whole special on the the History Channel that was a, that was dedicated to that one incident. It was like, well, yeah. and then this that I maybe that was in there, but I don't remember ever knowing this. But they go on about this like psychologist who got the Nobel Prize and broke all this ground, oh, yeah. and he yeah, yeah. he actually went there and believe the kids and like, Oh, I work with children and they're trauma victims. And then the lawyer who like handled a lot of like pedophile Catholic church, um, dealings, he went there and interviewed him. He's like, I've dealt with kids and (laughs) I'm a pedophile. (laughs) Um, but he's like the way they're speaking and the fact that enough of them are all saying the same thing. Um, I believe them. Yeah, yeah, for sure. That something yeah. happened. Yes. That yeah. it wasn't just a shiny rock right. that everyone freaked out. That's one of the, that is one of the most well, um, before all of the 2017, you know, revelations from the military or whatever, quote unquote, that yeah. like one of, one of the, uh, most like well-respected right. cases and like most like widely believed because it had the most like expert study done very quickly after by those two guys so but yeah it's really interesting because they do cover a lot of that psychologist and how harvard was like trying to basically get them discredited and fired even though they've never fired anyone in the entire history of harvard (laughs) yeah exactly (laughs) um but yeah yeah definitely recommend that one and that's encounters on netflix that's on netflix yeah nice um it was the number one show this weekend because you know the dumb trending and all that stuff so exactly yeah yeah, yeah. um what uh other news nothing too crazy uh go watch oh yeah i forgot to do that during the patreon part but uh go watch uh greg and dana newkirk the planet weird folks is the hellier folks is uh the unbinding on your favorite streaming service uh it's really good we did a review slash spoiler cast on our patreon for the uh other of the two podcasts that we do every month so we do probing deeper where you probe a few knuckles deeper into all sorts of subjects sometimes we're doing star wars shit sometimes we're doing um star trek shit i don't think we ever have no. though sometimes <laughs> it could get wars. mentioned we're watching we're watching guardians of the galaxy no we've never done that either yeah. but uh but um but yeah we uh, reviewed and spoiled the hell and i think we like the first 10 minutes or so are spoiler free. So if you want to kind of get the, yeah. the gist of what it's about, but I mean, it's a great watch. It's a good time to release it. Halloween time, spooky season and uh, really good. It's, it's uh, you, if you, if you like us and you've watched Hellier, you're going to like it anyway. And you probably already know about it, but if not, uh, this is a great vehicle to get into. If you don't like us, but like Hellier, you'll right. like it. No. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, so if, you know, the, the, um, the planet weird folks, Greg and Dana Newkirk said that if Hellier was to X-Files, like the, the lore episodes of the hybrid aliens, the core, and, yeah. yeah, the smoking man and all that stuff, that's Hellier, right? The overarching meta lore of the, um, of the show of their universe. Then this yeah. 
would be one of the monster like freak of the week episodes. So you can jump in, you can watch it and jump out and you don't, you don't have to know anything about them. They introduce themselves well enough in the beginning of the movie to kind of get a feel for who they are and what they do. But, uh, but yeah. And, and then if you, if you've never watched Heller, you can like jump right in. So, uh, Stephen Mai's therapist was stoked though because I recommended Hellier when it came out because I talked mm. to in therapy pretty frequently for a little while and uh, she was stoked because she you know liked their content but they haven't put it yeah. in years so other than like podcasts and stuff so which um, they're on the latest episode of Bigfoot Collectors Club I listened to that one yeah they did the the L files um, yeah which was like good but also like it, it was like they should have had them on for two hours I mean it was like a, it was like <laughs> a fifty one minute episode it was way too short but. Um, but yeah, we have a segment here called, how you doing, Steve? How you doing, Joey? Where we ask each other, how you doing? How you doing, Steve? Doing okay. Um, yeah, just trucking along. Uh, it was a nice cold weekend. So me and my wife actually went up to the low level portion of the mountains nearby and they have a little place called apple country. Um, so there's like <laughs> a, just a ton of like apple orchards and farms and things. So you can go pick apples. We, you know, cut flowers, pumpkins, you know, they have all the sweet treats, barbecue, all that fun stuff. So, Oh, barbecue too. Uh, at the place, the main place we stopped at. Yeah. They had barbecue lunch and it was actually really good, uh, and good portions as well. So Applewood smoked barbecue. Uh, probably <laughs> it is shocking how many apples are just on the ground. Cause they are either get knocked off or just right. fallen. And there's like a shitload of people there, you know, every weekend. I don't know what the weekdays like just yeah. picking apples. So yeah, there's just a lot, a lot of fruit up there to be harvested. Um, but yeah, that was nice. And then Sunday went down to lovely Marietta, California oh, That's right. and played at mountain pride, which seems like a gay community uh, <laughs> name, but, uh, Tis a great uh, disc golf course down there. Saw your brother-in-law, Thick Nick, which last time I saw him was the, when I think when I played there a few months ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think he said that was the last time he played that course. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, but it does get hot down there, so he's got some excuse at least. But um, yeah, oh yeah, Ding Dong. Uh, Bundy tagged along because he's now on vacation until the 28th of October. <laughs> oh my God. So he's off the whole month. <laughs> So he's going to watch Blade Runner 2049. Oh, yeah. Nonstop. Four times. <laughs> many, many hours. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was fun. I shot, I think on the longs, I was plus one. And then we played the shorts and I finished minus three. So it was oh, a nice. good, good day. And then it was cool. And they have their like big Saturday tournament or their monthly big tournament is on Saturdays. Okay. Once a month. And it was the Saturday before. So when we went Sunday, oh, nice. there's kind of the threat of rain plus that. So there was literally no one when we got there oh that's cool um and then yeah played there you know people showed up kind of throughout you know the round and stuff but it it was never packed or anything like that i feel like that course i mean obviously we have not played it as many times as the other more local courses but i feel like that course whatever you want to say per capita or per per time or whatever we've had to wait for people probably the least of any course we've ever played. Yeah. And they're also the nicest. Cause that's like yeah. where groups instantly are like, want to play through, want to play through. So yeah, yeah, yeah. even w- there is a couple packs of like, you know, 10 plus that can get on the course. They definitely are very friendly and self-aware. Yeah. So. The big, the big groups that play that are like into disc golf are usually letting people through. 
the big groups that occasionally don't, it's just because they're like a big family and they don't know what the fuck they're doing or don't know the rules. So it's not really right. Right. Which, yeah, you don't get that too often down there, but, um, but yeah. So, but yeah. And then today, since we've been having a lot of flies, I picked up that same thing you guys used to have in long beach. I don't know if you have it here, mm-hmm. but I got the jug version, not the bang version, but the Uh-oh. fly trap. Mm. And I mean, I put that out around noon and then by five o'clock it was already like full of like, you know, oh. <laughs> 50 flies or something at least. That's good. eating Cause we have all the fruit trees there. And then the, I think our, our green waste garbage can just got a little funky. So they were like oh, yeah, yeah. living on the food there. Starting to so got a little out of hand, but yeah, that thing is already doing work. And that's it. How are you? Something else and I forgot. I don't know. Uh, I'm doing okay as well. I, uh, picking up a little steam at my internship at the, uh, homelessness, uh, sh- agency shelter company that a nonprofit that I'm interning for, uh, I'm going to start shadowing people going out for, you know, if they're, if they're like, um, rehoming people. So basically my, my project within the entire company because I guess that's how um, nonprofits like this are set up. You have you have grants that fund a project, and right. so and the project has you know takes that grant money, uses it for very specific clientele, you know, populations yeah. with stipulations or whatever. So the one I'm working for is for um, pretty much like like people over 65 or dependent adults, so people that have developmental disabilities or they're like physically disabled and they can't do much of anything on their own. Uh, so people in those clientele, it's mostly senior, you know, mostly like generally able senior citizens, but mostly seniors who are at risk of homelessness. So they they own literally own a home or are renting an apartment or a condo or whatever, and they're at risk. And so people have reported them to adult protective services for whatever reason adult protective services, uh, contacts my agency that I'm interning at specifically because mm-hmm. they think, Oh, this person will be good for this program. So, uh, and then the other half of the, um, clientele, same basic process, uh, but it's for people that are literally homeless and have been, prom- uh, um, reported to adult protective services. So right. like a services tries to help them out too. So we're either, rapidly rehousing them which is a pretty i guess like a standard uh industry term for um you know nonprofits that you know work with the with the unhoused but uh so getting them into homeless or in, into a home like an apartment a room some some consistent legal livable roof over their head uh and then or making sure oh you got an eviction notice oh you're in a hoarding situation and your neighbors reported mm. that, Hey, old Jim Bob has lived next door. His wife died last year. His house smells Reeks. like, you know, shit. And there's like trash everywhere. I got to report. And then, you know, stuff like that. So, um, my wife is very excited if I do get to have to manage a case of a hoarder situation. Mm. Yeah. She uh, will tag along. But, uh, um, but yeah, so it's getting them rent. So basically getting them money, like months worth of money, and also, uh, so if, if somebody is homeless though, and they get into, into a place, which is great in and of itself, it's also like, oh, they have a, the agency has like a deal with target where they can buy supplies. Like here's some kitchen supply, you know, like spatulas and forks and here's some plates and whatever, like a basic couch. Like, you know, there's a furniture store they work with for like furniture and things like that. So, 
Um, but yeah, it's a pretty big um, uh, grant. And so the program is pretty flexible. Like it's so, it was so not difficult, but so like such a shift from the corporate world where you're working for the profit of some brand or something where it's like yeah. every, almost like every question I had the first time we were going through the paperwork was like, okay, so like basically like, <laughs> what what do the, what do they have like should we be not just offering them all this stuff at once cuz you know in the corporate world you're like how can we maximize spend how can we not right. spend a single cent more than we have to to get what we our goals that we want where in this it's like no give them give them really whatever they want the only thing that they really have to do is do the work that they set goals for so that right. they're just not permanently you know would then be called like a leech off of the system, right? It's like, right. oh, we want to see you're trying to get a job. You're trying to, um, uh, you know, you said that your, you know, son is moving back to the state to help take care of you. When is that? So it's not just like, here's a bunch of money. And then, oh, three months later, you're out of money. Here's, here's more, right? So it's, it's, uh, but it's based off of the, um, like home first mentality of, yeah of of solving the homelessness problem it's a pretty like recent ish kind of thing like i remember there was an adam ruins everything episode about it where it's literally like hey if you want to stop homelessness get people living in homes <laughs> and he's like it right. sounds really stupid but the number one by far cause of more taxpayer dollars emergency funds like um stress to the community stress of course to the person or the family itself like if you just get them quickly, like, and that's where like the rapid rehousing kind of not yeah. rooms, everything, but he was, he was reporting that this is kind of a new philosophy in the, uh, solving the homelessness crisis is yeah. Get grant money that puts people with a fucking roof over their head and not couch surfing, not sleeping in cars or on benches and things. Right. And it actually saves the taxpayer, like in California, something like $32,000. Well, each, each unhoused person, it's say yeah it saves basically an average of thirty two thousand dollars a head so it it actually costs you less to get people in homes right and so and then we have you know connections to like vendors like to like fix you know oh like old jim bob's pipe burst a year ago so he just shut his water off and has been living without running water and all that kind of right right um so yeah i'm gonna start like um shadowing people so like following people to case management meetings with their clients uh, at their houses or apartments or whatever, following people on like inspections because like there's literally a whole leasing team that goes and finds places like either, either if somebody right. gets evicted and needs to go somewhere else uh, is homeless and needs to find a place. So there's a whole leasing team, but they also don't want them to live in a shithole that uh, right. doesn't have heat or hot running water or things like that. And it was funny because uh, my supervisor showed like, Oh, here's a list of everything the inspectors look for. And I was like, man when i lived in the apartment <laughs> complex that you lived in for a while too i was yeah. like i only had about a half to 60 percent of these things <laughs> as like a bare minimum yeah no kids that jam bubble gum in your car <laughs> that slam a pizza slice into the grill of a bmw or your right. back bumper of your ford Explorer. yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> and then jump on the hood and crush right. it. right <laughs> um but yeah so that's been my Mondays and Fridays. Um, and, uh, yeah, other than that, I'm enjoying 
Cyberpunk 2077 after the 2.0 update where they uh, took a game that was very promising from a promising developer. Yeah, I remember that was like huge when it came out and it was big for like a month or two and everyone's like, I just can't play it. And then it just kind of fizzled away, I felt like. Yeah, CD Projekt Red uh, was riding high off of The Witcher 3's success. Uh, Cyberpunk 2077 is like loosely based off of... um, the novels, the Neuromancer novels, which came out in like the seventies. And those are the novels that like invented the cyberpunk genre that Blade Runner is directly inspired by all. So like it's, and so everyone was like stoked because they're like, Oh shit, this, you know, this is amazing, blah, blah, blah. And then it came out in a horrific state. Um, They basically got over their skis and they, they should have, they delayed the game for like a year or two anyway, but they should have delayed it even longer because it came out in such a bad state that, playstation took it all after like a few days took it off the playstation store which they had never done before ever yeah literally had never taken a game off purely for quality reasons Um, because it usually has to pack because they certified it originally but then there was a controversy where like um cyberpunk or a cd project red when they showed reviewers and showed even like microsoft and sony they basically showed them the PC version to get it certified. (laughs) And so um, it was a very weird time. So they lost a lot of their goodwill, but uh, they spent the last two years, two, two and a half years um, getting it to a, I mean, it wasn't a bet. They did like a 1.5 update like a year ago, but it was like better, but incremental. And then they announced a couple months ago, Oh, they're doing this 2.0 update. It's going to revamp all, like almost all of the systems, like the, how your character grows and, you know, it has perks and attribute points and things like that. Uh, how the economy works, like the control physics, the gunfight, like all the all the fighting will feel better and the movement will feel better. Because I was like, I was pl- I stuck with it for like seven hours and I was like, fuck this, like a couple of years ago. I was like, I want to love this, but this is so unhappy to play. It was just terrible. And uh, and man, now it's like now I'm having a great time. The pace in the beginning is still a little slow, but at least you're not fighting the controls and stuff all the time. They're not throwing tutorials at you every two seconds that like overwhelm you with information. So highly recommend if you have not played cyberpunk before at all, now is the perfect time to get it. It's like a general like two minute recap of kind of what the game is. So first person, third person. Yeah. So cyberpunk 2077 is a first person action open world RPG. So you play the character of someone named V that can be, male female you can customize what v looks like uh you can even uh it's it's all about um living in a techno apocalyptic not apocalypse like the world's ending but like a techno apocalypse kind of vibe like blade runner is much less dire the world is not like ending but it's about the technological singularity happening so people the world is just full of cybernetic implants you can replace your arm your eyes your this your whatever you can enhance this you can enhance that Um, it's also like the punk part is that like, um, everything's run by corporations and it's all about how the corporations of course are sinister and taking advantage of people. And then there's people that rebel kind of against that, even though they're using the technology to rebel and all that stuff too. So, uh, you play the role of this person V who is, you can start off as one of three factions. It doesn't change anything, but the intro to the, to the, uh, game and some dialogue options but ultimately you do some missions with your kind of buddy you're like a street rat you're a merc right you get called to do a lot of seedy thing and then after like five hours the kind of main story is revealed this crazy thing happens 
And then old Keanu Reeves is a main side character who is in it for the rest of the game with you. And I won't reveal how or why, but, um, but, uh, I never even made it to that point the first time I played. Right. And so once I did, I was like, oh shit, this is actually really interesting. So it's, uh, basically the game introduces like a ticking clock that isn't a real ticking clock. You can play the game as long as you want do whatever you want, but it's a really great, um, open world, you know, there's side missions, there's, you know, you go to the different neighborhoods in this huge city called Night City, which is kind of a modern, it's like, you know, if LA became Tokyo and Las Vegas mixed right. together. And, uh, and so, yeah, you, you're, you can implant yourself. You can, you can hack people's like body. So you can be like stealthily going into a fucking warehouse of this, these gang members that have information that you need. And you can like remotely hack one of the guys out of a group of three to like catch on fire. It overloads his system and catches on fire. Um, you can be stealthy. You can fucking have like blades installed in your arms and like they're called mantis blades and shit and like go up and melee fight. There's there's it's very Japanese. Like it's 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 basically like blade run like a blade runner. <laughs> what if what if the Japanese and their amazing technology took over the future of everyone basically? All right, like so the Japanese are kind of like the um uh oligarchs in this world. So uh but it but it also has a lot to do with as we we're talking about in our show, like the nature of consciousness and you know you know can can you consider to be alive without a body like all this crazy stuff so and then um uh they also released an entire expansion that probably was supposed to be out a long time ago but um they released uh an expansion called phantom liberty which if you already bought the game, you get it for free, which is oh, nice because they know they're like, we're not going to say fuck you again to people that bought. Right. Right. They've been with us this long. Yeah. When it was shitty. And uh, Idris Elba is, is mm. the star of that one, too. So they got some some big celebs in there. But uh, yeah, I'm having a having a blast with that. Um, definitely. Definitely worth. And again, if, if you have not played it before, definitely worth a buy. Uh, nice. Like open world games. So, um, yeah, let's jump into. Uh, old Dr. Ballard. So see, see. I think uh, it was March 20th. I looked is when we did this episode. Yeah. Or yes. Show. Yeah. Yeah. So or show. Yeah. Sorry. First, episode the first episode yeah. of the show, or I think this is the one where I fucked up and I did the first, you did the fifth or vice versa. Cause I gave you the wrong one yeah. and I did the wrong one, but, um, but yeah, uh, mystery teachings, uh, watching it again, t- I'm watching the show again, right. Is it's cool because, I said it the first time. I really like that Dr. Ballard here, while she is a little bit on the woo-woo side of new age stuff, she also is a physicist and like a real scientist too. And it's cool. Mm-hmm. That, it's cool that she is that and also um, an open-minded new age person, right? She's, she is, um, uh, as, as Anthony Peake always says, she is not practicing scientism, right? She is not right. practicing the religion of science where, oh, because Isaac Newton and Einstein said these things, that means they are dogmatically true and cannot be changed. Therefore, all science that that I study will always go back to those things as opposed to right. the truth. Things can change and, and update and, yeah, be different. The... Um, yeah, we installed Einstein 2.0 <laughs> on the world. Um, yeah, she does blend science in the, the kind of metaphysics sometimes a little too much because she kind of drifts and starts making assumptions and she's like, this is where science needs to catch up to him. Like, well, don't start jumping too hard 
you know, that way or, or whatever. But, um, the ending is a little rush yeah. with too many big concepts. Like, yeah, I felt like, yeah, it was like kind of slow, like two or three things. And then the end was just like all these other things. Yeah. And then, but again, I feel like there's many episodes in this series. Yeah. So, yeah. And, uh, yeah, it's been going on for years. Um, I looked her up to again, like, uh, I, cause I'm like, how old is this person? But like, it's hard to find like a wiki on her. Like there's tons <laughs> of images and like all of her speaking engagements, stuff like that. But, um, but, uh, she could be 38. She could be 52. And I don't know. Yeah. But, but, uh, she's interesting, interesting look. She seems like she is not American. Like she, yeah. but speaks almost like almost perfect. Not she speaks perfect English, right. but almost perfect. Accent, a but A little bit of off. Like she was like Belgian or German or, yeah something and you know whatever south africa like dutch or something but <laughs> um but uh i think she and she lives in the uk i think so okay uh t- take that for what you will <laughs> whatever that means but uh but yeah she's she's a full-on um theoretical physicist scientist and also like a very heavy practitioner of meditation of thinking about quantum consciousness all this stuff i mean this this episode was just chock full of everything I've been listening to yeah. with my obsession with Anthony Peak and like it's 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 fucking nuts like cuz cuz Peak always says he's he's like he's like if anyone tells you that they understand qu- quantum quantum <laughs> physics they're wrong and it's like and but he's he's right because he's like people generally are starting to understand how to explain models for that for what quantum physics is even yeah structure a (laughs) test and prove out what anything could be yeah even draw something on a piece of paper for a classroom like is like difficult but starting to be sort of consistent with what you know they're they're finding from experiments and but uh, but he's like if if people actually tell you how how it fucking works nobody still fucking knows right yeah um which isn't to say no one will ever know that's what i do hate that when people go and we'll never know i'm like right but you just talked about how not Anthony Peak, but it's like people like you just talked about how we made all this progress up to now, but now you have some weird cynical take on your own thing that you're passionate about. Like fucking right. it's so weird. But um people can't like they get up to the edge of the void and they just can't ever think that, oh, maybe someday we'll realize we can walk across this or jump across right, it, right, right. go around it or something. I don't know. But um Or just hope that yeah, someone someday yeah, exactly. We'll it out. Yeah. It's like you figured out a lot of Weird. stuff that people said never. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, I don't think there's any way to ever know. It's like, well, yeah, maybe not in this lifetime or for you or something, right? But maybe in, I don't know, two to yeah. three years or something. But, um, but yeah, so this, this episode, uh, accessing the quantum gap, uh, it is a weird name and a weird way that she discusses this. But what she's, what she's talking about, and this is going to get, real heady here so i'll i'll do my best but like what she's talking about is like the like she used the example of like so when an electron is orbiting the nucleus of an atom she's like there are there are many times consistently every fucking whatever nanoseconds or whatever that it seems to disappear and reappear so it's not really that it's spinning around it's disappearing and reappearing in these patterns now those patterns going to be interrupted by other things like whatever, but she's basically saying, so where the fuck does this disappear to? Right. And it, and also it never really disappears. It, it disappears and appears somewhere else in the same moment. Right. Yeah. So, well, and electrons are weird cause you can't see them. You, it's kind of like what you cannot see. And then I also forgot cause I did a lot of 
chemistry, yep. physics, and all that kind of studying. But you cannot see. You cannot Um, I totally forgot. Yeah, electrons can. There can only be like so many on the first ring, and then they have to go to the second ring, third, fourth, so on and so forth. So depending on the size of the protons, neutrons, then that calculates the mass, which then how many electrons you have. And then if, if they do need to jump levels or push down or, you know, one gets ripped out as it, you know, bonds to something else, like that's when energy's changing and that's, you know, chemical reactions and heat and cold and shit like that. Yes. But again, the crazy part is the dead space in your room is full of these things of like oxygen, nitrogen, Mm -hmm. blah, blah, blah. Right. But then when you get down to that space, like, again, what's, if you're looking at the oxygen molecule, then what's the molecules in between? And that's where you get the, the creepy zone, the, the point zero, the zero point you know, field. Yes. The nether realm that Ant-Man goes into. But again, it's like, <laughs> there's something there because it has to mm-hmm. occupy a space. Yes. So then what is that occupying? Right. Yeah. You get, you get down to. Uh, a hardcore quantum physicist would say you're getting down to the subatomic particles, right? Of, right. Of quarks, neutrinos, all these things that are theoretical, but technically never been, they've never been seen, but behavior of the things around them and above them can be measured, right? So something is causing something to happen. Uh, and it's funny, like Anthony Peake also always tells a story where like the guy that, uh, you know, discovered, um, it wasn't the Higgs boson, but it was another big, uh, particle like that. Um, he's like almost every time scientists, uh, are looking for this kind of missing link of subatomic particle that would explain some big chunk. Somehow it just kind of suddenly appears when they start to right. for it. And so and a form of manifesting, which is, yeah. Weird. And one, and one guy, his name's like Ravi something or whatever when they finally, when they found it, um, and they'd only been working on it for like a week or two, it just showed up <laughs> on their equipment. And he literally turned to everyone and said, who ordered that? Like it was a pizza <laughs> that someone had ordered out for, you know? Right. Right. And, uh, and that happens time and again with quantum stuff like this, the Higgs boson was the same thing. And, uh, it's like, and, and yes, you could say, well, no, of course it's because, we only had the measurement equipment to find that. It's like, well, yes, but you're really saying the same thing that right. ultimately it didn't really exist until you observed it, until you measured right, it. Right, right, right. So, um, so yeah, that that space between which she kind of levels up to this is really like you got to level this up to the whole universe, right? Where only five percent of the universe currently that we know of is is visible matter Even, <laughs> like, yeah yeah it's reflective of the same huge massive empty space quote-unquote empty space between a nucleus and its electrons and stuff right and so and yet that's where the terms dark matter and dark energy come from those are the other big chunks of of what's there um and then because you know what was the it was like five percent is matter another small percent, something else. And then it was dark energy. Dark yeah, yeah. 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 Like 30 or 40 was dark matter. I think it's toots and farts are the, yeah, the yeah, other yeah. percentage, but, uh, <laughs> uh, but anyway, so dark, dark energy and dark matter specifically dark energy specifically. Sorry. Um, is what they are very recently theorizing, um, because of, of, again, if we, 
if we look at Dr. Andrew Gallimard that we talked about on our Patreon, we've talked about him on the, the um, Contact in the Desert episode, uh, kind of uh, overall review. He is an information theorist as well as a neuro, you know, neuroscientist and all this stuff too, studying DMT and everything. But he is one of the, the newer burgeoning group of people that understands that information is the like fifth elemental um, and, ac- and actually really the foundational element of the universe, right? And Quantum that bits of information. Yeah, because I don't know if we're going to go in order for her things, but that's where she's like, well, basically the universe needs someone to interpret and watch it for it to exist. Yes, it. it she's like it. Not you only, then get into paradoxes and things like that. Like she's like it. Not only um, uh, needs someone to observe it; it relies on yeah, exactly. observation. Yeah, it's not a need of want. It's a <laughs> has to have. It it can't. It's we we it's we are integrated. We are an integrated system with the universe, right? And so. When you t- and this is what like the penny roll guys were starting to get to, um, where they're talking about cybernetics. What is the system that observes the system it's a part of, and the feedback that cr- loops that that creates? Yeah, they were getting. They were the first ones, you know, before uh, we found Anthony Peak, where they were like, they were like, what if? Because they were talking about information theory too. Because cybernetics gets into information theory, and basically that information is the lowest the lowest form of anything being anything that isn't something else, right? Like basically like she talks about it in this, like Anthony peaks, they, they kind of use the matrix, right? Like think of information, something either is something or it's not right. And then other information of it is or not mixing together makes it unique, infinite possibilities of what it is and isn't right. So, um, quantum bits, that's where quantum, uh, physics came from is like, what if, what if, if if even the smallest of the smallest thing were these tiny bits, right? They weren't right. just waves. They weren't just a mass of goo or, or spirit energy or whatever. They're these little bits, right? And we'll get to like, we'll get to the Planck link and the possible pixelization <laughs> of... Yeah, we're not making up things, okay? Not, yeah. Max <laughs> Planck was, was a, a founding, you know, father of um, a lot of quantum physics stuff. But um, the, the Planck length and the possible pixelization of the universe we'll get to in a bit too but yeah uh but anyway uh quantum bits are making everything up everything is like there there can only be um ultimately at the end of everything information because no matter what the information what is the information decides happens or makes up um whether that be matter or all forms of energy light this existence consciousness whatever you know infinite universes um it all comes down to information the penny roll guys were like what if, if this is a, you know, conscious, a psychic based phenomena, right? Some, some intelligence is interacting with our consciousness. They're likely, you know, made of pure consciousness or some higher, higher form of energy. That's not as dense and slow as our, our meat matter. Right. Um, <laughs> then oh, I got some pretty quick meat, man. <laughs> uh, uh, what if the fucking, um, the Nimitz and the Tic Tac and these, these craft that were never seen physically, not that no UFO is seen physically or looks metal or whatever, flesh and bolts technology, but what if these have adapted to our very digital form of thinking, right? Because as the UFO phenomena, the paranormal phenomena always has adapted to kind of just, just what's next of our own human perception of technological advancement. 
mm-hmm. oh, like they didn't have airships, but like for they wouldn't have airships for like 15, 20 years. But then people were having UFO encounters in the 1800s that were described just like Zeppelin, that looked basically just like Zeppelins, right? And so yeah. they weren't around, right? And then these little Oriental men came out of, that's how this is their <laughs> word. Right? They would say, oh, these Oriental or Italian looking men. And right, right. Silver shirts would come out and all this weird stuff. Yeah, twirling their mustaches and <laughs> doffing <laughs> caps. <laughs> uh, hey, look at his swirl. Huh? Come on, come into me. That's big. Uh, <laughs> I'm Sicilian. <laughs> I hope you're not a vegetarian. Uh <laughs> Because they're gonna eat and stuck on their meat matter, but yeah, uh, exactly. Uh, you want to get a little grand slam, huh? <laughs> uh, you invented a baseball yet? Huh? Yeah, <laughs> pretty fun after the game. Yeah, <laughs> or during game. Yeah. Uh, anyway, that's just a it's just a weird <laughs> fantasy in a very modern gay bar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or something. Yeah, just techno's uh, blasting in the background. <laughs> What's a game? Stupid. That's stupid for that character to say. They knew what fucking games were in the 1800s. You fucking idiot. Checkers. (laughs) Uh, Anyway, back to the existence of everything and what consciousness is. Um, So uh, the Penny Royal guys were like, what what if these UFO, you know, UAP weren't actually there? They were just showing up as there on their equipment as pure data, right? As information, right? And so... There's a, a craft doesn't have to be there to observe it. It's just that the equipment that observes stuff has to think there is some, has to have information that's set up yeah. in a certain way to tell something it's there. Right. And so that kind of blew my mind, you know, and, and, uh, I feel sad too, because like, I, that's the stuff I was really looking for with Penny Rail, And then layered on top of it was all the kind of specific Kentucky stuff, which is really mm-hmm. interesting. And I will listen to the next season and whatever else other projects they're doing. But I, I, uh, canceled my patreon because it's just been a while since like yeah since anthony peak i'm like oh anthony peak is like doing yeah. everything focused hyper in on the one small part of what they're doing you know so yeah uh which their stuff's great i mean you should go support them but um but yeah so now it's like next level stuff with anthony peak are more focused anyway fascinating to think that um the information that is all there and possibly making up like, I mean, it would be a perfect ex- explanation. Like where if only 5% of the universe is matter that we can see, if we think of things like the only other motif that we have for information like this is like computers, right? So digital information, yeah, which are just ones and zeros. Right. So, uh, and that's now creating intelligence in AI, right? right. Just something out of nothing. Exactly. Right. And so, uh, because information exists no matter what the hierarchy of systems that are interpreting it, right? The infra- So again, like you could you could say that oh, this whole planet of androids is just as human as us because its its consciousness is interpreting the same exact information that exists in the universe that our brains are, or whatever too. Right? Yeah. So, um, so if you think of the analogy of uh, of a computer game, like again, Anthony Peake, <laughs> he always uses this the the video game thing, and now more of a VR kind of escape thing. And me in Shibuya's main hub with my Shibuyas <laughs> erect and a gang of gang rapists gaping. But I'm always the victim, and I always <laughs> choose to be. But am uh, I really the victim? When I'm the one who's truly enjoying the moment that I've paid for. (laughs) 
He's just having a serious TED talk. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's got the clicker in his hand, but it's just nothing. Just a black screen the whole time. He pushes the button. And then it's like an Adam Sandler movie where like everyone's appalled except one guy in the back's like, yeah, we're getting hot under the gun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, actively Googling him and just like signing up for everything. Holding up a sign, <laughs> give me your number. <laughs> yeah. I'm a gang of one. Now that sounds like a Nike campaign. Yeah, there it is. Okay. <laughs> one. <laughs> uh, uh, <laughs> possibilities are endless. Um, but if you take, like, this is all very heady stuff, but uh, when Dr. Ballard, Anthony Peake, Quantum Fizz, they're talking about how, and, and Stephen Hawking, and I can't remember his partner, um, right before he died, they released a sign, his Hawking released his final scientific paper that was titled, Everything That Can Happen Does Happen or Will Happen. And even though he was up until close to his death, he was kind of not an opponent, but very skeptical of this, of, of, of the, the multitude of worlds of infinite, infinite realities. Right. He then wrote a whole book saying, or a whole paper saying exactly this information theory stuff where he says all of the information, you know, quantum physics is now proving that all of the information for anything that can happen anywhere at any time, all must exist now at once and always has and always will. And, and, uh, so literally there is, again, this is what like everything everywhere all at once was about too. Right. Yeah. And, uh, uh, as, as people, as conscious observers make different decisions, they are, they are flowing into or creating other, other universes, or as she says in this, or as Anthony Peake says, they're collapsing the waveform of the particles in their universe, right? So that they're observing them or hoping that you're know, wishing or meditating or whatever, or just making a normal decision with no kind of new age stuff. And that then interacts with other people's collapsing. So we're all just interacting with each other for, for minute moments in and out of infinite realities, but it's not like we're noticing, you know what I mean? Like it's so, yeah. um, but it's all happening all the time because time doesn't exist and all that stuff too. But, uh, if we're taking the motif of a computer, a video game, right? Let's take Cyberpunk 2077, right? My my V, right? <laughs> my vagina, no. <laughs> my character V, uh, as I'm taking V through the game, I am playing a certain way, but then, you know, I try to play stealthy and whatever, but then sometimes shit goes haywire, fucking enemies, uh, you know, come out, you know, they see me, I'm blowing them all away, or I go, nope. I want to be OCD and fucking go through this place without being fucking detected and right. kill everything silently or take him out or whatever. Um, or even like non-lethal. Can I get in and out of this place without even like being seen by anyone or whatever? It's yeah. all this information that I'm supposed to get. Um, but CD project red has to program before you ever play it. Every single outcome of everything you can do within the limitations of the systems they created. Right. All of that information is there. I'm just walking one little crazy weird path along all this, you know, not infinite in this case, but pretty, pretty infinite bits of right. uh, information. So same idea here where, and if all the information of anything that can ever happen anywhere and be observed by conscious observ observers exists, then there really is no time. And it shows just how relative existence is to your conscious observation 
of it. Well, yeah, because she was saying it was like a closed loop, which is why scientists don't want to mm-hmm. deal with it because they're like, oh, you have to put in all this energy to get out the exact same amount of energy when it's like, well, you can maybe actually tap into that differently in a different way. And I was joking or just laughing to myself because she's like, it gets a little while well, follow up after this statement, but because she was just like, even your thoughts are stored everywhere and it's you know imagine yeah the ship and crystal clear still waters and those waves just go on Mm -hmm. forever once a boat disturbs it and that's just kind of what's happening here is you need the disturber to create the energy and have these things kind of loop back but they're just traveling forever yeah yeah, yeah. in the in the waves of the the time and space so i was laughing like even my thoughts are locked in that's like uh someone look at your private search history (laughs) Um, but yeah, it just gets a little weird when she goes into the meditative state. Cause I'm like, she's like, you find your own zero point, right. right and yeah. calmness. Yeah. But I'm like, if point. every motion and thought generates and takes you away from it, that's impossible to get to. Cause a, your body's just nonstop vibrating. So, and you thinking of nothing, it's like, you can't exactly get there. And then your heart's beating, your blood's moving. There's all these things already happening. So it's like, I don't know how far you could get by just like meditating, I guess. Yeah. I mean, um, it's, I'll, I'll talk about microtubules first and then I'll respond to that <laughs> exact thing. So like with some, some more recent things happening, but, uh, I am shocked that she did not talk about microtubules in the brain. So, oh yeah. Yeah. The little connectors and everything. Because yeah. Cause microtubules are the connectors they are literally the mechanism for how our brain uh, draws energy up from the zero point field, from from quant from the quantum realm. The microtubules are small enough; they are like the only small enough organ or part of us in our body that is so small that it is affected by and flows through in and out quantum information. Right, so uh, it's like I try to tell everyone about microtubules like look up what they are like whatever like because now as they're studying them they're like oh shit like this is the connector between science and religion or spirituality right this is the mechanism for how our physical brains um uh it's it's like it's like a fucking translation device right of our consciousness from from the consciousness which is non-corporeal and made of this quantum information uh, some organization of it and translating that to our meat brains and bodies. Right. So, um, so yeah, look up microtubules if you haven't, but it's like crazy that she didn't mention that because she could have taken that. But again, that's, that's the difference between her and guys like Anthony peak. Um, Cause he complains about people all the time, not her specifically. He probably would think she was pretty good, but like, again, like you were saying the last few minutes, they just get like, it's like, can you just continue to be balanced this whole episode instead of jumping way into just like, yes, like your intuition. And it's like those all have jumping off points to discuss, but you're kind of just now throwing, you're barfing them out there. You were were doing this cool thing for like 27 minutes and then you just barf out all this shit. It's like, well, I could have fucking seen anything for this. Like, why don't you finish what you started? Right. And so that's why Anthony Peake's so fascinating because he's like, I, with my hypothesis, I can accommodate any religious belief, any philosophical belief, uh, any scientific, any current, the most modern science and understanding of 
how everything works. It accommodates all of that and violates none of it. And so um, he's like the only the only speculative part of my hypothesis is that everyone forgets. And he's like, because I was forced to change my first book title against my will, which was uh, uh, what is oh, a weird name when there's it? Um, it lad. He calls him it Ladians because it's a uh, uh, God damn it. His first book is. Uh, it's the extraordinary science of life after death or something. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh yeah. It's just called life after death. I believe um, the extraordinary science of what happens when you die. And, um, and he's like, I didn't want to call that book that because I don't talk about what happens after your body dies. Right. I talk about how in the nanoseconds before death, which I still don't really, that's the speculative. He's like, I, I don't really know what happens after that. He's like, I would assume that that is when you actually ascend after you've lived these countless lives and become a more altruistic, um, you know, kind of loving entity and learned all your lessons and lived this kind of perfect life. That's when you ascend to whatever is next for us. But I don't know what that is. Right. Like he's like, all of my science and research is about how consciousness, which doesn't really exist in time. And he goes into all the science and everything about that, too it keeps living in these smaller and smaller segments of time for however many hundreds, thousands, millions, billions of times that your consciousness goes through your life. again. And then he has his whole Damon idol on thing where the Damon yeah. is the one seeing all that, like, like as if in a VR room or something and your current consciousness, the idol on is the one who is the, you know, that's, that's, that's the V in cyberpunk 2077 who went in, um, uh, didn't look around then corner and scan things and this fucking guy blow blew me blew just blew me. <laughs> <laughs> and i turned off the game because it was so cool i was so satisfied no but blew my head off and i died and i restarted outside that room and now i can do it again but right. that's a different v to as a different consciousness right right but i joey am living outside of v's time in the game and i can right. see and i can try again and, and steer her right and whatever because i made mine a girl character or whatever but like so anyway uh, so he's like, I don't really know what happens when you die, but I would assume that because of all the same kind of philosophy books and things that I'm, I'm learning about all this other stuff with that I am doing, you know, um, uh, reconciling with science and everything. Those all say that you become one again with the one consciousness that we're all a part of that's experiencing itself subjectively. Right. So, yeah. um, but anyway, uh, he he wrote that book and the publisher's like nobody's going to read a book called cheating the ferryman they don't know what that means and so let's make it a yeah. let's make it a near death experience book and he's like it's like he's like it is but then don't call it what happens when you die after not, yeah, yeah you know so uh, and he's like and now i spent you know many years trying to undo that whatever but um anyway so the microtubules are pulling things from the zero point field which again i think we're going to find out that all the shit that we don't see the dark energy, dark matter is probably the, the wave, the dual wave particle form of all of these subatomic particles and bits of information that aren't really anything yet until they're coalesced by consciousness, right? It's, it's the, it is kind of the primordial information soup that's out there. And it's, again, it's funny because think again, think about a video game again. If, if the developers somehow had a, a debug mode, which, you know, for older gamers will remember sometimes in old console games, old Nintendo games, the develop you'd like put in a certain code 
and you'd find like a secret debug room and the, the and the little like I remember Chrono Trigger. The developers like put themselves in this little secret space and they're like, "Hey, you found the debug room. I'm the director of the game, Hironobu, whatever." You know, like shit like that. But yeah, um, it's where they can fuck with the system and test things and whatever, right? But if if imagine if in a video game, uh, especially like Cyberpunk or Fallout, Sky, uh, Elder Scrolls, like Skyrim, whatever, where there's billions of choices and combinations that the the player can make and create this unique experience. Imagine if they like somehow displayed every pixel of those choices, like every bit of information on screen at once. It right. would look like this, this big weird colored mess, like right where you're seeing everything all at once. And so, but that is basically like, and so we can't, how could you function seeing everything all at once? And that's why people are, you know, like Anthony peak people are in quantum physics. They're like, this is why our brains are what they are because they're filtering out all of that. <laughs> Cause if we, we, we can't really do anything we can't exist if we're existing out of time like that until we're like, you know, I don't know, ready to figure it out right. or something. Right. Yeah. You'll never get to that level. We're yeah. just going in a, we're just going through a, a mess of infinite possibilities and it's just like, you know, we would, life would not be the same as what it is, you know? Right. So, um, so anyway, uh, every, and then, and then, Anthony Peak, she didn't talk about it here, but like Anthony Peak says, so why, why is all the information there all at once? And he's like, well, if if we're to believe, if everything points to the Big Bang theory in general, then you have Sheldon, you have yeah. uh, whatever his name, no, I don't know, but uh, you have the Jewish Freaked guy, him. you have the Indian yeah. guy, but uh, the weirdo girlfriend, right? <laughs> yeah, Bl- uh, Blossom, Sheldon, Sheldon's girlfriend <laughs> who played Blossom on TV. Um, it's like you have the Big Bang Theory where we've always been told everything in the entire universe was once an infinitely dense microscopic po- point particle, right? So that means that everything in the universe was once one thing <laughs> and yeah. then split out into smaller things, right? Um, like microplastics. Yes, exactly. <laughs> um, and... And, and he's like, and so if every particle in the entire universe was once one thing, that explains why every particle can, can know the exact, like when, when attuned to the same exact frequency and environment, it's entangled with other particles. It could be billions of light years across the universe and it, it's instantaneous because ultimately to those particles, there is no space. Like photons, they like, I really aren't traveling to a photon they're just disappearing and appearing somewhere else, right? They're not like flying through the cosmos. That's how we have to think about it. Right. But if these particles are entangled and also therefore entangled with our own consciousness, which are made up of those particles too, this is like the more, uh, ethereal version of Carl Sagan saying, Hey, we are literally made of stardust. Like we're made of carbon atoms and all that. It's like, yes, but, we're made of the stuff that makes up the carbon atoms and stuff, right? Right. The information right. that causes something to be carbon, right? So, um, it, uh, yeah. So anyway, it's like the Big Bang entangled everything, every particle, every bit of information that made anything anything that wasn't just one particle of everything at once, and uh, and spread out. So, and this goes back to you know Anthony Peake is always like, oh, like the Bill Hicks thing where he's like. Uh, news flash, you know, um, teenager on Adam or young man on a uh, young man on acid uh, <laughs> discovers that uh, matter is just energy uh, vibrating at a lower speed. And we are all just one conscious subjectively experiencing itself or something like that. And it's like, yeah. you know, having it, but it's like, 
that is ultimately kind of what everything is pointing towards and and why all religions and there were all the new agey stuff which is funny that it's new agey stuff is about ancient stuff but right. um the wisdom of buddha and christ and the gnostics and the greeks and whatever they all go back to how can you feel the the true connection back to the divine thing that you were created from that you were parsed yeah. from right and and all of them are saying like oh the way to do that is to don't be selfish help other people more than you help yourself. Like all the, all those kind of tenets of what positivity is and, and yeah. whatever. Right. And so, um, and then you only have to look at, uh, the movie groundhog day where basically yeah. it's like, and just loop. And yeah. Loop. And, and, you mm-hmm. know, in the, um, that, that story basically is like, um, the story of the Bodhisattva, the Buddha that, that ascended, right? Like, uh, where Phil Connors lives in the, in the short story it's based off of the writer implies that he, he lived about, um, 400 or, uh, 44,000 days over and over. So hundreds of mm. years basically. Right. Right. Uh, and, and it took him that long to eventually have the Get perfect the day yeah. where he saved everyone and did this and learned like he, he took a path of wisdom with his time instead of a path of selfishness where he was trying to bang right. the girl, yeah, get the money, get the checks. Get, that, yeah. yeah, exactly. Right. Um, man, that probably once a month, I think of the scene where he just gets to eat whatever he wants because he knows <laughs> like when he's eating all the sweets and all the breakfast. Yeah. Food. Yeah. The jet, he's like, just keep it coming. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I would just be puking at that yeah. point. Like it's not that I <laughs> am restricting myself because I shouldn't eat that much. I'm like, because that would—that's what I was thinking. Like, God, how does he yeah. even eat that much food? <laughs> uh, if it can't fit, you got a shit. Yeah. Um. So OJ got off, but uh, <laughs> but yeah. So trying to bring it back to Mrs. Bellar, but it's—I mean, it's—it's it's so easy to go off on these points because she is bringing up all the big questions. She's talking about also like the hard problem of science, which uh, is like how does consciousness form from nothing in a physical meat thing right and so um and all these scientists start to go oh well as long as the system gets complex enough it becomes sentient he's like they're like so now you there's something there right because they're like otherwise we're all just dead bodies because there's clearly something different between a right i will say what we perceive as a dead body right but a dead person or dead thing versus a living thing yes and that's and that's where um uh what's his face um descartes or whatever the scientist yeah. is, he's the guy that like talked about the cart he coined the cartesian theater and basically trying to prove that consciousness doesn't actually exist that it's a joke played by our meat bodies he called the cartesian theater uh the process that like oh so if so basically like you'd have to have a little homunculus version of yourself inside behind your eyes in your brain looking out at the world and and he's and he's like and he's like and that's all well and good like that's the spirit the soul the daemon whatever you want to call it but he's like but then it doesn't work because there'd have to be that same little guy inside his mind and then inside his and he's like it all just becomes this like infinite theater that doesn't work yeah. infinite regression but like anthony peak that's why he like he jokingly calls his version the bohmian imax because david bohm a quantum physicist proved that that guy's science was not correct, at least again, theoretically, like all of this shit is too. Right. And so he calls it the Bohmian IMAX. He's like, which is now kind of an outdated term 
but I like, he's like, I should call it like the Bohmian VR space or something like, you know, the Bohmian simulation or whatever. Right. But, mm-hmm. um, but anyway, uh, I'm getting off tangent, but, um, she does mention holographic universe in this too, which is another big concept. And we can probably finish on this, but, uh, this plate mm-hmm. that I have, right here. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, Into this wine glass, <laughs> But like a hologram is such an interesting, same kind of deal, right? Like a hologram or even simpler, like a record, a CD, right? We've talked about this before, like uh, has all of the information on it at once. But for a hologram, depending on the minute angle that you shoot light through it will completely yeah. change it. And that's, and a hologram works by going like, like going around. Right. Like, and then that could just be how you're standing around it, perceiving it. Yes. Very right. good point. Other yeah. than just the light, even hitting at the right angle. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cause sometimes you like the older holograms, you go like in the arcade, you go around and you're like, Oh, it like kind of disappeared. Even just yeah, trading cards, like the Marvel ones, like oh, yeah, you yeah. look at it and just foil flat and then you hit at the right angle. And now it's 3d popping. Yes. And you're just yeah, like, yeah. Okay, so it's it's now 3D because I'm perceiving it and looking at it in a way as such. And yet the actual hologram that is printed on that card has every permutation within the limits of, you know, the line work and whatever, like of how that thing can look. So it's another yeah. example of all the information is there, but depending on the circumstances of perception, light, yeah. eyes, like whatever, angle you can see hundreds of different little micro versions of it, but it's all in well, one thing, you know? Yeah. It's even like why mirrors, this is going to sound stupid, are so wild. <laughs> yeah. Right. Exactly. Like, no, it's weird. I'm standing here and I see the mirror completely covered mm-hmm. in an image and someone else stands in a different space and sees me just staring off at the yeah. mirror, yeah. Know, fully nude. Yeah. <laughs> about the stadium uh, night at the about to pass over. Yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> about to go to Passover dinner. Yeah. <laughs> come. But, uh, but again, it's like wherever you're standing, you're going to see a completely different yeah, yeah, yeah. view and it's going to look like it's your entire view. So how could anything else exist on this mirror? It also looks completely three dimensional. It looks exactly yeah. like the three dimensional world you're in, yet it's on a 2D plane. Right. And so where we get what I like about again about Anthony Peake is that he when he talks about the holographic universe simulation theory, he's not calling He's, he doesn't like the word simulation because he's like, that's more like the Matrix where they are making you have a grand a fake, deceiver somewhere. Right. Like they're, they're, they're making a fake replica of something that was real. He's like, that's not what the simulation theory really is talking about. That's why he uses um, Dr. Andrew Gallimore's term of right. instantation, right? This instance of this universe to you, right? And so again, if all the information in the entire universe is encoded within it all the, and which means, but you can only see, I mean, 5% sounds about right. It's like there's 95% of things that could happen, but you're seeing just this small chunk, but all that data is still floating around us. Basically, right. That's kind of the simplest way to put it. Yeah. So imagine again, if it was a hologram, right? Like all the information's there and you know, light or perception or something is your, your, your brain is interpreting it at just, infinite little angles and changes of view at all times right even though it's all like what like anthony Beek's always like there is no out there (laughs) you're perceiving things through all these crazy systems and he's like so he's like do i know where then we actually are are we in that fucking stupid baby tube in the matrix are we in (laughs) are we just again a floating consciousness right like he's he's like 
we think that we're, we're, we're in our brain because our eyes are up in our skull. But he's like, what right. if our eyes were on our knees? We probably think we existed in our knees, even if our brain was still up in our skull, right? And so, yeah. now, but you could see up a lot of girls' skirts. Right. But you probably is there differently if uh, your eyes were on your knees. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, the dress would definitely change. But... Yeah. Quit looking up <laughs> my cock, okay? Yeah. <laughs> um, my, my toes are down here. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, so... Um, I mean, there's, there's a billion, a billion things we go on. I will give a personal, um, story that's recently though. So in terms of like you were talking about meditation, can you, can you choose, um, a path? Can you choose and make something happen? Right. This is where, it, I mean, it was, it was really cool. Cause I read because of an Anthony Peake interview that Mitch Horowitz book, who was a paranormal occult guy who's been on ancient aliens and the more recent season, he's been on a bunch. And his book, while overall solid, not not amazing, but I really like that he's like, he basically was kind of like saying the whole term of manifest and the secret and all those, those these these kind of pop culture buzz things that are all based on very old magician, esoteric based stuff, uh, but have gotten far away from it now because they're, you know, they tend to be for kind of more material things and selfish sort of things. He's like, I'm not saying everyone, whatever, but he's like, he's like, I, he's like, I suggest to you that you change if, cause he talked, he's like Anthony Beek. He's like, goes over quantum physics, multi, you know, the multiverse, infinite possibilities, quantum consciousness, all these same kinds of things. And he's like, so, so how do we fucking do it then? How do we make something happen? How do we do our own magic? Right. Yeah. How do we change reality with focus, with intent, with whatever, and he and I talked about this briefly, but on another episode, but he talks about using the term instead of instead of um, like most new age, uh, the secret and whatever, you know, power, positive thinking things uh, encourage you to do, which is imagine you in the state of having that thing. He's like, no, right. that is not intent. That is imagining a future of which you really don't know how you got there. He's like, so I find that to be kind of useless because that's imagining an end state without walking the way like without doing something right so um they would argue well we're doing it by imagine whatever right but he he says he's like this is it's slightly different it's or it seems like it's slightly different but it's very different where he's like start using that old childlike terminology of wishing for things because when you wish for something and he's and he's like you don't have to sit in a you know in a like she says in this like in a cave doing yoga meditation for 20 years or whatever he's like you just need to do and i'm giving you the short version be completely unabashed about this like if you wish for something to happen think about it with all all your intent all your heart do not make excuses for other people uh this is where like a lot of like christians and other people don't like this kind of stuff it's like oh this is super so this is like what the devil does he wishes for you know whatever right but um he's like He's like, now he's like, I think the best time to do this is in the hypnagogic or hypnopompic state. So the time between sleeping and waking or the time between waking and sleeping, you know, if you're waking up or going to bed, right? He's like, but meditation and things can put you in those states, right? And so you are, you are liminal, you're in and out of your body. This is where we tend to go with really intense EMDR and brain spotting sessions too. We're in a hypnagogic, we're not quite hypnotized because we are still aware, but um, we're in this state and that's where I've had a you know, weird psychedelic experience and really profound learnings. Right. So 
because I've had those, I'm not so skeptical that I believe stuff that he's talking about, or even Bullard is talking about, uh, just not in as much of a woo-woo way. But um, even as recently as all this IVF stuff, and of course with the caveat that, well, you could be just doing confirmation bias, but at this point I don't care anymore. Like, so I, I took Mitch Horowitz's advice and I, it's because it's, I mean, as you know, like it's a very fucking stressful process. It's a very, it is very high stakes. It's very expensive. It's very timely. It's very, if you fuck a medicine up and you don't have more, you're fucked. Like you kind of fuck, you know, so it's, it's a, it's, it's a lot, right? It's a job in itself. Yes. And it lasts for weeks and weeks. So, um, so I, and you know, and then, and then my wife has, the trauma of the ectopic rupture, the other ectopic pregnancy, the other miscarriage, like all this stuff. So, um, so I spent a lot of time and I don't mean hours and hours. I spent multiple small times meditating and making my wish. Right. And not really even, I didn't really wish for something specific to happen. I, I just said, I wish, I wish that I knew the numbers, right? I I said, I I did, I mean, to be fair, I did wish for the numbers of, of follicles, the eggs to get retrieved would be high. Um, but not out of, I'm like, I want a hundred eggs. It's not like a childlike wish like that. Right. I, within the information that we had, I sat there and again, did this for multiple times over days. And sometimes it was just like about to get out of my car. I just took a moment. I meditated for like a minute or something. And the day, but I wasn't getting that much. Um, but it definitely, the day before we were going, did it again multiple times, but this time it started to feel like when you and I were remote viewing mm-hmm. and I just allowed the thoughts, like, just like she says in here, she's like, you have to just ask the question and let the answers come, whatever they are. Right. And so just like when, um, we were doing remote viewing, I would try to see this shape or think of what you were thinking of. And just allow like the first kind of thing that my gut said, that's probably it. And because if you keep going and thinking about it, you start messing it up with your cognitive thoughts, right? Right. Which is where the meditative state comes in. If you can stay in there, you're not messing, you're not fucking the, or adding shit to the frequency, right? And so, um, oh yeah, monstrous with, 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 here's Tom with the weather. He finished off the, uh, uh, Bill Hicks line a little while ago. Ah. I haven't been looking at the chat, but, um, but, uh, I, I let these numbers came to me and it was, I kept like literally like a screensaver on an old nineties computer. It said 15 dash 17, 15 dash 17. And I even was like, after it was so strong for a few minutes, I was like, I was like, can I think of 14? And I tried it and it just kind of wouldn't come through in the same way. And then I was like, can I think of 18, 19? It was like, I was like a auctioneer or something. Yeah. And as soon as I went back to fifteen seventeen, I was like, okay, I wish for a sign that this is real. And like all of a sudden, like like a shitty screensaver or like a Tim and Eric graphic, like fire started like it was like fire and guitar started coming behind the fifteen seventeen. And the next day, literally uh got fifteen follicles and two of them were were too small, right? But there were 15 to 17 there. Right, right. And I was like, I'm I'm going to take that, right? Cuz it was just like I focused on this in a different way, especially being out of the corporate. Like I can't tell you like I think like I've lost some weight without trying too much and kept weight off. 
And I think it's because my cortisol levels are naturally lower without all the bullshit of our, my old career. <laughs> like I mm-hmm. feel so much better in general. Uh, I feel less weak. I'm sleeping better, like all that stuff too. So like it's, that's also helped me to put myself in a state of like, not like, not just power positive thinking that kind of dilutes it, but believing that reality is a little bit malleable. And now I feel, and and so, uh, and then I did it again while, while Sarah was in her egg retrieval, I went outside and I was very tired cause it was really early. I went outside of these little tables by the surgery center. It was an outside area and I was meditating out there and I asked the same question. I was like, I wish to see, I, 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 I wish to, to, to see the future numbers. I'm choosing. And, and, and then it changed that time where, um, Mitch Horowitz said, use a phrase like, if you want to, if you want to keep this scientific saying, I, I choose the future. I choose the multiverse to shift here and go on this future, right? There's a future out there where this happened. I'm going to choose that one and focus on it. Right. And for some reason, when I was meditating, my eyes kept being drawn to these little light posts that were down this path where I was like looking down and there was three of them. And then, but I would kind of turn my head and, and behind one of them was a fourth just because of the angle. I couldn't see it. And so I was like, this feels like three or four, but not in the same way. It was like 15 to 17 before. And then I was like, no, I think it's three. This feels like three. It's, I'm not seeing that fourth one very well for a reason. And we get three embryos that go on to, um, to genetic testing. testing. Yeah. And so, and it, it's, 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 it's one of those things where I'm like, it, it was, it felt precognitive and like all this stuff is happening just right. Uh, under, you know, re- reading, you know, the same book of Anthony Peake twice, reading five of his other books, uh, and understanding precognition, which has been proven, you know, with, with tests and things like that. Um, at this point, cause the brain, the brain is technically like on average, your consciousness can see, can experience things about eight seconds faster than your brain can process it, which could explain deja vu. And, you know, aside from mm-hmm. all the other Damon idol and stuff, but those are, so those are two other things that happened personally where I felt like, and I didn't have to go think of my chakras and look at a fucking yeah. bunch of old ancient symbols and things like that. Cause, and, th- and that's the part that I don't like about not Teresa Ballard, but just the new age thing where it's like, they, they're right. thinking still too worldly. It's like, no, no, those, those symbols and those, this cool outfit you have on and the, the beautiful meditation environment and whatever, that's all worldly shit. Yeah. Right. Why don't you just sit there and think about what future you want to happen, wish for it and see if it happens. Right. And also, yeah. He had like Mitch has this whole chapter. He's like, but a lot of times he's like, but it doesn't always happen the way you exactly want it. He's like, and yet when most people have profound experiences that they wished for or meditated on or whatever, it's not always what exactly what they wished for, but by the end of the experience, it was, they learned something more important. And so they kind of got what they needed, not what they wanted. And then you add in the whole like, you know, trickster element pushing us you know, if it, if it's not scary, if it's not pushing us out of our comfort zone, are we really learning anything kind of thing? You know? Right. So anyway, um, personal little, I guess what you would call magical or quantum conscious experience, but, um, and it could be whatever, but I am, I feel like I'm in a place where I don't have to like justify it. I can let it be what it is. And because Greg and Dana Newkirk are like, Hey, life is more fun if you believe in this stuff. And I right. realize how much not wanting to believe that things can be fun or interesting or magical is really just trauma from my parents and a defeat <laughs> attitude. 
that they've they've taught me ever since I was a kid. So because um, of their own, you know, parents' problems. So right. anyway, uh, I figured this was going to be a pretty pretty open one, but this is this is like I'm just like swirling with all this shit right now, and it's it's fucking crazy. Because even though I've read all this stuff and I've been listening to you know, because Anthony DePeak will have he has like I don't know twenty five to thirty major things that he repeats all the time, no matter what interview. But every fucking time I'm like, I'm going to remember that author's name this time and exactly what theory. He, and, I, and it's like, I'm just barely starting to be able to like, oh, that was yeah. uh, a Spensky who talked about, you know, well, yeah, it's, yeah, it's taking notes so, and then studying those things. Right. And, Meanwhile, I'm just, you know, caulking and painting stuff while listening to this too and trying right, to right, absorb right. it, you know, whatever. But uh, yeah, because I, I definitely benefited from taking uh, philosophy classes in college because you go through Descartes and like yeah, yeah. all those you yeah. know, Pluto, no Plato, and all that Pluto stuff. Pluto Nash and then, philosophy, <laughs> and then taking uh, like a reasoning kind of philo- philo- reasoning philosophy kind of class. class. Yeah, yeah. Um, so it's like logic and reasoning. So you know, if then that you know uh, kind of makes sense. So it kind of helps process through things and and prove out things and suss out stuff of this nature and again being open-minded to you know different answers you know again changing your if thens but um yeah no it's always fun stuff to think about and talk about and 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 just like again like study and explore in 2017 when you and i started podcasting we would have like called most of this stuff bullshit you know right uh so it's it's been uh it's been interesting. It's it's like it'd be interesting to see like somebody that goes back and listens to like episode one of Probing H Nealons and happens to like listen to this on this like what's right. this thing they're doing like extremely different. But I like that because it just reflects the actual human experience of growing yep. and changing and whatever being open to evolve. Right, just like podcasts can be reflective of how it is to talk to your friends in real life about things, which meanders as tangents and then goes back yeah. and forth yeah. onto the subject. But uh, but yeah um are you good with uh, uh yeah yeah no i think that that hit it all so we'll probably watch another one of her things you know yeah few I, months like, or I like her content so. for sure like again i yeah. wish i wish she didn't just go into buzzword territory those last few minutes but 90 percent of the episodes it's really good stuff yep. you know uh, plus plenty of uh plenty of kind of goofy graphics like they would show on ancient aliens of like right, right. lawnmower <laughs> man style vr stuff with yeah. chakra lights and you know things <laughs> like that swirling purple blue colors and things but yeah. um but yeah um other than that wow i've had this playing the whole time uh-huh. uh i want to thank yeah, fine. first is it too loud uh no it's fine but it's all wonked out but that's oh, yeah. fine. we're good we're good <laughs> i must have hit a a pity Some thing or something like that. Little nub and trubbing dot. Yeah. Um, but anyway, uh, thank you for listening to Probing Guy, a subsidiary of Probing Ancient Aliens. If you like our show, head over to patreon.com slash Probing Ancient Aliens for those two exclusive podcasts every single month, Adventurous Ghosts and Probing Deeper. Listen to our other podcast, No Guts, No Glory, the Berserk Podcast, on your favorite podcast service, just like Probing Guy and Probing Ancient Aliens. Uh, and head over to Black Hole Supply Company for Probing Ancient Aliens merch. Uh, and disc golf disc and disc golf apparel black hole supply company.com is the website and the physical location is in cape and cow collectibles which is at 9525 garfield avenue suite c in fountain valley california 92708 and uh you know steve and i'll see you at the baseball stadium next saturday yeah. hopefully you get a grand slam yeah in the bathroom <laughs> we're not going to watch any of the game but yeah, uh, yeah just in the various halls alcoves and bathroom stalls so. exactly all floors open yes because we are <laughs> bye dumpsters <laughs> 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 <laughs>
Bye.